So welcome back. We are here today with Moritz. Hello, Moritz. Hello. And we are starting with a new series here on our Trade Society podcast and the YouTube channel. So for those who don't know, Moritz has been day trading for many, many years. And whereas I am a swing trader, I think it's now very interesting to bring a new perspective into the YouTube and podcast. And we're going to start making a lot more day trading videos. And today we are starting with a series of questions. Everything you would like to ask a day trader. Well, this is probably going to be part one. We're going to do part two, three and four. So if you have a question regarding day trading, a day trading strategy or anything around day trading, leave a comment underneath the YouTube video or if you're listening to this on any of the podcast channels, leave a comment with your question there as well. And we will discuss this in our next um, chat. So I prepared a few questions. Let's just right get into day trading. Um, one of the most common questions is what are the best instruments to trade as a day trader? What are the thoughts, your thoughts? All right. So hello, everyone. <laughs> Long time no see. Um, the best instruments for me are the ones where obviously you have the most volatility um, in comparison to what it actually costs to trade the instrument. So if, if you are in FX as I am and our whole mentoring program is done in FX, um, you don't necessarily want to trade the exotics, um, even though they seemingly move more pips, um, they have much higher trade costs associated with them. And if you relate the amount of pips they move in a day to the costs, then suddenly they are not so cheap anymore or they don't, the, the moves don't look so great anymore. So what I'm teaching in the mentoring is that we are going with the 28 majors, which um, is basically all the, the G8 currencies, right? And the combinations of those. So that gives you 28 pairs. That gives us plenty of opportunity every day almost every day, some days are a bit slower. And um, that's what we trade basically. And I have found um, that the trade costs are quite okay on most of those pairs. Sometimes you have the GBP New Zealand dollar, GBP Swissy and so on, they are a bit more expensive. But in relation to they, their moves, which are then like 40, 50 pips or so on a good day, um, they are really good instruments to trade. So that's what I would recommend anyone starting out as an FX day trader. Stick with the 28 majors. Plenty of opportunity to be had and good costs. Then the next question is um, after the instrument, what is the best time to trade? <laughs> do you trade specific sessions or how do you do that? Yeah, I would suggest everyone to um, stick with the session openings of either the London Open or the New York Open. Um, especially in the beginning when you don't have a lot of uh, knowledge about how your pairs move. Uh, those session openings, they give you a lot of opportunity usually right out of the gate. So it, also if you're someone with not a lot of time on your hands, but you can manage to be at, at the charts, say two hours around the London Open or at the London Open, um, you will find plenty of day trading opportunities. Um, if you are trading the Asian session, you should stick to the yen, New Zealand dollar, um, Aussie dollar pairs. However, I wouldn't highly recommend that. If you can really stick to the London session and the New York session, 
it's just so much easier to trade those. Um, I personally, I'm a big fan of the London session because it's the perfect time zone for me. It starts around 2 p.m. here in Hong Kong. I can have a relaxed morning, then come to the charts refreshed after lunch and trade. But the New York session is just as good. So there's no difference between the two. Some days you will have a great London session, boring New York session. The other day it's the other way around, right? Right. And do you trade then the open and you trade for a few hours or how does it look for your approach? Yeah, exactly. So I'm usually on the chart 30 minutes before London opens. So that's uh, 1.30 here uh, p.m. And I do my filtering. I look at what moved in the Asian session and so on. Then I'm prepared as soon as um, London opens. And then I trade for three hours exactly. Uh, sometimes a bit less if I feel I don't have the energy or the focus on that day. Um, but usually, yes. Okay. So you said in the beginning that you trade 28 majors, um, but I guess you don't trade 28 forex pairs every single day. Um, new traders, what I've seen, they get easily overwhelmed. Would you recommend to for new traders to have maybe just a handful or just take as many until you still feel comfortable? Or how is the process there? Yeah, it's... Um so I teach everyone in the mentoring to go with the 28 full pairs in the beginning. And that is simply because um, you don't, you never know which pair is going to move that day. Uh, it could be the GBP, any of those, it could be the USD. It's hard to predict uh, what the market is going to do. And as day traders, we are basically reacting to what is happening, right? So what we have to do is uh, to filter out that list before the session begins. So we have the list of 28 pairs. Uh, we use the one hour time frame to actually identify charts that have trended or consolidated during the Asia session. And then when London opens, we already know exactly what we are looking for. We just have to wait for the market to come to us. And that's how, how you do it uh, in a professional way, I think. Otherwise, you're just clicking through time frames like crazy. You're going to miss all the trades. You're going to chase a lot. You're going to get the FOMO and you're going to be super stressed out. Right. So ideally you have, when the session starts, three to five, maybe six um, pairs that you want to trade and you watch those very closely. Right. Yeah. So I guess it's very similar to how I do my swing trading. Uh, I watch like 40, 45 Forex pairs in general, but um, I do my update every single day. And usually after going through the 40 pairs, I may end up with five to 10 maximum, which are kind of interesting for the given day. So I th yeah, this screening process is very important because it helps you um, find nice charts that really align. As you said, otherwise you're just going to hunt uh, trades through the all often timeframes and you're just chasing price. Yes. Uh, so when I do a YouTube live, one of the most commonly asked questions is the best time frame. Um, <laughs> What's your take on time frames? How low do you go? What, what, which ones do you watch? Yeah, um, for me, I was always a multi-time frame trader, so I always want to know. Uh, I always follow a top-bottom approach, top-down approach, right? So I start on the one-hour time frame to really look uh, which chart is, has been moving lately, at least for the last, say, 12 hours roughly. 
And then I will go down to the M15 and the M5 <coughs> to really uh, look for my trading opportunities. And I also use the one minute chart uh, sometimes um, when there's a pullback on the five minute chart. I don't want to get too specific, but when there's a pullback on the five minute chart and uh, we get some certain conditions on the one minute chart, uh, mostly related to price action, I will time my trades on the one minute sometimes as well. But that's always with a top-down approach. I would never just go to the one-minute time frame and um, <laughs> start picking trades because I think that's a yeah, <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster. I think. I mean, if you want to, we are not really scalpers, right? Our targets are usually minimum fifteen pips, usually anywhere between fifteen and thirty pips. Uh, we are not scalping for three pips, two pips, five pips here and there. Um, so the one minute time frame is really just for execution sometimes of the um, higher time frame trades. But yeah, the main time frame is uh, five minute shots. And I think on the five minutes you can, you still have enough time to think while you wait for the five minute close to happen. It doesn't take too long for it to happen, so you don't get formal. <laughs> And I think it's a great time frame for beginning day traders. Right. But you always go, so top down is always the approach to, to choose. Yes, right? always. Yeah. Same for swing trading. I, I think the, it's very similar from the approach, just the execution and the specifics are a little bit different. But overall, uh, from how you approach, I think it's very similar in the routines. Absolutely, yes. What do you look for in a broker as a day trader? Yeah, so firstly, obviously, what every trader should look for in a broker is the regulation. Um, where are they regulated, right? Uh, usually Australia, somewhere in the EU, UK, all of that is cool. And even these island nations are sometimes okay, like Cyprus, but I wouldn't venture any further out than Cyprus. <laughs> And uh, then what we want uh, as day traders is tight spreads and we pay for those tight spreads with higher commissions. And that's totally fine, right? We want the tightest spreads you can get. And usually if you look, if you go with a broker and they have, they let you choose the account type, it's called RAW or EZN or Razor or whatever. These account types, they are great for day trading and scalping because they give you the tightest spreads and they are usually fixed, quite fixed, right? So they don't vary a lot, which means, A, we're gonna have a higher win rate because um, smaller spreads means your stop gets taken out um, later and your take profit gets taken out earlier, right? And at the same time, you pay a bit higher commissions for that, but it's just the most important thing you can look for as a day trader, um, as, as tight spreads as you can get. And then the other thing that you want to have is just a very good execution platform, which MetaTrader 4 is absolutely awesome for day trading. I think you have to click buy, you have to click sell, you get out of the trade in a second, and that's all you want. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, spread, that's what I figured as well. It's probably the most important thing Yes. And um, I want to make a separate video where we go more in depth in, in broker requirements because I think this is in general quite important for day traders, maybe more important compared to swing trading. So yeah. uh, I think this makes for a, 
for a nice video later on. Regarding risk management, and we had recently in our masterclass the strategy building development special webinar, and you mentioned a few points that are very interesting regarding position size and risk management, especially in comparison and what's the difference for swing trading. Yeah. The thing is, as a day trader, we don't have a lot of time on our hands to get into a trade. So as a swing trader, you have the luxury of thinking about uh, position size for a long time. Maybe you have a high quality setup, you want to bet a bit more or so on. That's not really a luxury we have as day traders. So A, my, my position size is always the same. And uh, there are some tools out there which you can use to uh, quickly calculate the position size in MetaTrader, for example. You just pull your stop on the chart and it calculates the position size for you. You just have to pull a script on the chart, you're in a trade. It takes one second, right? Um, the other thing which is really important as a day trader, I think, is the size of or the risk that you take on. So for my string trading approach, I can go up as high as 2%. Maybe sometimes if there's a really cool trade, I go up as high as 3% of my whole bankroll. So if I have 100,000 in my account, I risk $3,000 on a single trade. However, for day trading, that's a totally different approach. Uh, for day trading, the maximum risk I would take is 0.5%, usually even less, like 0.25%. Uh, and that has to do with the frequency of the trades because you don't want to go on monster tilt <laughs> if you have four, five, six losing trades in a row. Um, that can happen in day trading, definitely, if you're having a bad day and you don't have a um, meta stop loss, say you want to stop trading after four trades, you say, screw it, I'm going to make my losses back. And then you go from four to ten losses. And then if you risk 0.25%, you're down 2.5%, which is bad, but not horrible, right? On the other hand, if you risk, the, if you would risk 1% or 2% per trade, you could be down 10, 20% in a single day. And I think that's a devastating loss to any trader, uh, which is why I would never ever do that in trading. Related to the statistics, of course, it could happen as well in swing trading that you have 10 losing trades in a row, then you're down 10%, but it's over a much longer time frame. So if you have a bad quarter, you're down 10% that quarter, you can grow into it psychologically, right? And uh, you just need two, three winning trades and you're back to break even. And you can convince yourself of that while you're in that drawdown phase. As a day trader, you, you go down 10% in the, in the time frame of two hours, it's going to completely wreck you, your mindset, your mental capital, everything. So that's why you really need to go much lower to trade at your best and to reduce the risk of ruin or uh, minimize it, right? Yeah, and as a day trader then, because in terms of R, it's, it's not a difference, but as you said, as a day trader, you have to come back the next day and do it all over again. And yes. if you're down 10% yesterday, then I guess it's not going to be a pleasant day to wake up and <laughs> drag yourself in front of screens. If you slept at all. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Is tra day trading emotionally more challenging, less challenging? What's your take then? 
Uh, I would say it's more of a grind than swing trading, really. So you definitely have to uh, make make sure that you are in peak state um, every every uh, session, right? If if you don't feel on top of your game, you just don't trade that day. That's just the way it is. As a swing trader, you can always, even if you're not feeling well, even if you're maybe hungover, you can still do your watch list and wait for the trade to come to you. Like <laughs> it's okay, but as a day trader, you just have to. Yeah, it's really a perform more of a performance um, art than anything else, and uh, high performance sports. And you just have to be on top of your game all the time. So I think day trading it demands more from a trader. Um, on the other hand, we have more downtime. So when we are done with our session, we are done, and we can do whatever we want, and just forget about the trading day. So we have those 20 roughly hours between each session. Uh, for a swing trader, obviously, most of the time you are in a trade. It goes up and down, your PL fluctuates, uh, you have to sleep when you're in a trade. And uh, so that's another mentally taxing thing. Um, so I think both come with their very own challenges. And in the end, it's just about, um, uh, as Mark Manson said, what a shit sandwich you want to eat. <laughs> right. There's it's always really a, like yes, you always have to make some sacrifice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is also what, because in our mentoring group, I think this is one of the unique things. You do the day trading, I do the swing trading, and the students we mentor, they have access to both at the same time. So they can really dip their toes into each system, try it out, see which one feels better to them. And then commit to one or the other without having to go from system to system to system. I think in general, it's very important to try out a day trading approach once, try out a swing trading approach for a few months, and then see which one you feel more natural. Because as you said, there's no better or worse. Swing trading has a lot of pros, but also a lot of cons. You need to really learn to sit on your hands. You need to be patient. Uh, waiting for a trade, but also when you're in a trade. So yeah, there's both uh, pros and cons. Which brings me to the last question. Day trading with a job. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on that? Is How is it? How do traders do it? Is it harder to be a day trader if you still have a nine to five job? What do you think? I think the worst time zone to be in, if you want to be a day trader with a day job, is Europe. Um, because you will just be in the office during all the sessions. And that's just not a good place to be in. Um, unless, I don't know, you have your own corner office and uh, <laughs> you're the manager of, I don't know, the paper factory and uh, your job is super boring. <laughs> But uh, if, if you are a day, day job worker in Europe, it's going to be really hard to be a day trader. No matter which asset class, to be honest, because stocks open at 2, 3 p.m. in, in Europe. Uh, Forex opens from 8 a.m. to roughly 5 p.m. Futures, same, same. So it's really hard. If you are in Asia, um, when I was working for Audi in uh, Beijing, I came home at 7 p.m roughly, and 9 p.m. the New York session opens, right? So I had time to wind down, 
eat some dinner, take a shower, maybe take a nap, and then three hours of um, focused chart time. So that's possible uh, if you are willing to make the sacrifice. And if your family is cool with that, could be a problem, obviously. And if you are in America, um, you can actually day trade before you go to your day job. <laughs> so that's that's also a possibility, right? Um, but definitely, it's it's a challenge. Uh, and I think with a day job, it's much easier to be a swing trader in the beginning, uh, simply because you are going to be drained from your day job as well. And it's going to be really hard to focus on the charts after a long day at the office, um, especially if, I don't know, your boss had a bad day and he dumped on you or whatever. So swing trading is definitely the better approach, I think, for, for day job workers. And then when you are consistent and you can quit your job, then you can day trade on the side because suddenly you have a lot of time on your hands. Swing trading requires maybe one or two hours per day. Then you have day trading it's to make an extra income or to learn, right? So that's awesome. Or what you could do is take a sabbatical or simply um, take a holiday for a week and test if day trading is really for you, if you really enjoy the, the lifestyle of day trading. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a cool advice because as a day trader, even if you have like a one week holiday, you could still get quite a few trades in and experience yeah. uh, um, tr day trading for, for a while. Yeah. So this is a, a last question regarding this. Um, how much time would you block out? So if you say you trade the London or the New York Open, how long do you usually trade after the Open? Yeah, um, for a good session, two to three hours is really what you want. Um, a lot of the traders in our mentoring, they say in the beginning they stop after one hour <laughs> because it's mentally so challenging and you have a lot going on. Then you can extend it to two hours, three hours. Just make sure you're always on top of your, your game and you can make the best decisions because decision fatigue is definitely a thing in day trading. And the quality of the decisions you're making very quickly add up uh, when it comes to your to your PNL, and um, if you don't have a lot of time on your hands, for example, you trade after after your job, two hours I would say is or one and a half hours is really the minimum where you can still find good trades uh, at the session open. And if you don't find good trades that day, you simply go to bed. That's it. You come back tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Awesome. So yeah, I think this is a good time to wrap this up for our first day trading chat. I think we covered a lot of interesting questions. I'm excited and to see what uh, people think about it. If you watch this on YouTube, leave a comment, let us know. Also, let me know the questions you would like me to ask Moritz next time. And yeah, until then, it's Friday. Enjoy your time in Hong Kong, probably some hiking, some mountains planned. Yeah. Definitely, and some beers tonight, and some. Awesome. <laughs> ah, yeah. Good talk, Billy. <laughs> exactly. All right, then enjoy, and we will chat very soon. Awesome. Take care.